0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. I need a volunteer for a a skit, for a play, for a little play. I need somebody that's good. This young lady over here next to the end, okay, with the headband on. Would you come up here? Here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're in a series called You Already Have It. How many of you know we're in a series called You Already Have It? Right? And so, is it, it's, is it raining? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the rain. Um, so here's what we need to do. We're going to kind of illustrate for everybody uh, what that means. Okay? So I am going to be the king. Thank you. Y'all just sitting there? Well, I mean, you? <laughs> I'm going to be the king. And, and I'm going to send you, I need you to go find the precious stone, okay, in the land of darkness. And I'm going to give you everything you need for this journey, okay? And I'm go- I've already put it in this bag. And all I need you to do is take the journey to the land of darkness, get the precious stone, and bring it back to me. Will you do that? All right. Be on your way. Okay. Let's all let's let's cheer her on. You know, because she's going through the land of darkness, and I, she's she's just gone through some wild beasts. But she made it through. I can see her going through the the heat and the sand. There's no. There's no water. It's just hot. It's a desert. She's making her way through. There's scorpions and snakes, but she's jumping. I mean, she's making it. She's doing fantastic. She is making her way through. But look, she's getting weaker, and she's getting weaker. What's wrong with her? She's getting weaker, and she falls to the ground. She's... She's gasping for air. <laughs> I need one of my humble servants to come check on her. Would one of my humble servants come? Thank you, humble servant. Look. She's still alive. She's still alive. There may be hope. Would you look? Get, open the bag. and Because I put everything she needed in the bag. It doesn't make sense. The other one, the lower, <laughs> the other, the bottom one. That one, yes, right there, yes, sir. I put it all in that hole in the bag. <laughs> okay, just set the contents. What? Is, what's in? What is it? She's 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 dying of thirst. She's dying of thirst. She's dying of thirst, and she had a backpack full of water. Oh my! <laughs> oh me! Oh my! Give her a bottle of water. She n- <laughs> You can actually have that water. <laughs> oh yes, humble servant. You can have a water too. <laughs> it is just water, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you may be seated. Thank you all so very much. The Harvest acting team. (laughs) We just (laughs) do it on the spur of the moment. Okay, now I want you to imagine something. Jesus gave us everything we need to come into this land of darkness. See, we're, we're all citizens of the kingdom of God, aren't we? If you're born again, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Our King, Jesus, has given us everything we need to go into this land of darkness and to reach out to find every precious stone and every person, every human being is as valuable, as as greater value than a precious stone to our Lord. And he said, I'm gonna give you everything you need, you just go. But what I see happen so often is so many of God's kids going out and coming back and dying of thirst as if they had never been given water. We go out and we go as if we have never been given peace, never been given joy, never been given strength, never been given power, resurrection power, as if we had never been given by Him anything to survive this journey. But not only did He give us everything we need to survive the journey, He gave us everything we need to thrive in this journey. To thrive. And we already have it. And so often... We're just begging God and asking God for things that he's already given us. God, give me peace. Oh, God, give me peace. I need peace in my life. Lord, why won't you give me peace? And he's saying, I've already given you peace. Peace is, is, is part of the fruit of the Spirit that's inside of every one of us. And he who has his mind stayed upon the Lord will be in perfect Peace. See, he's saying it's not that you don't have it, you just need to know how to release it into your life. How do we release peace in our life? We release it by putting our mind on the Word of God, by trusting in His Word. Am I right about that? That's how we get it. How do we get joy? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's already in us. How do we get that? Well, sometimes you got to just count it. Joy. James said when you fall into all these these trials, count it all joy when you fall into this diversity of trials and temptations that come. Because the trying of your faith works patience and patience, and he continues on. What is, what's he saying? There are moments in our life when you get joy because you say, you release it from your mouth and you say, I'm going to count it joy. Are you with me? It starts there. So we, we have everything that we need. We started out last week. We're going to go back to this little lady. <clears throat> this little lady that was in a, in a really, really bad situation in, in 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, check it, 2 Kings chapter 4. She's in a tough situation. She comes to, well, let, let me read the passage. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves, or as slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, "Well, eh, except a small, jar, a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. I mean, get as many as you can. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put one aside. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me one more. He replied, there's not another jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Our God is not a God of barely enough. Our God is a God of more than enough. And when we live our lives in front of this world of unbelievers, when we live our lives as though this God that we say we believe and we trust and we follow is a God of barely enough, what do they think about our daddy? What do they think about our father? When our father is actually a father of more than enough, and he's ready to give more than enough and does continually. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know, I already have, I already have, I need to act on what I have. Last week we talked about, I'm not going to recap go, uh, much, go back, listen to it on the podcast, but we talked about perspective. Do you have a, a promise perspective or a problem perspective? Is your perspective focused on your problem or do, are you able to get your perspective turned around to begin to focus on the promises of God? Now, we're not belittling this lady. She's in a horrible situation. Her husband has died. That is, that's bad. Not only did her husband die, her income source dried up. Her, not only did her income source dry up, but she found out she was under a mountain of debt. And not only was she under a mountain of debt, but the creditors are coming to take her sons as slaves to cover the debt. That would be a bad day, wouldn't it? That would be a bad month. That would be a bad time, and she is there. And so she has this conversation, and Elijah says, what do you have? And she says, all I've got. Well, I don't really have anything. Well, okay, if you want to really get down to it, there's a little teeny jar of oil in the house. That's all i got. And so Elijah then begins to tell her, okay, here's what we're going to do. He he could have gone and, and taken up an offering for her. He could have gone back to the school of prophets to take up an offering. But here is what Elijah knew, or Elisha knew, and it's something I've learned a long time ago, and it's really easy for us to go first straight into money when somebody comes to you with a need. Somebody comes to you and the first thing is, well, I can give him $5 or I can give him $10 because sometimes that's quicker. He could have given her money, walked away, and never dealt with it again, yet he's hanging around because he's going, he's going to be doing more. God wants to teach us how to walk in him and in his promises and in his provision, That's what he wants to teach us to do. And sometimes, somebody giving us money is not always the best thing to do because what God is saying, I don't want you to learn to be dependent on people. I want me, God, I want to be your source. And I want you to know that me is your source, there's a lot more ways to meet your need than what you think about right now. Number one, look at this, number one, there is always a promise for your problem and a seed for your need. There is always a promise for your problem and a seed for your need. What is your problem? There's already a promise there. God's already got your promise covered. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1. Verse 20, for all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, are yes, and in Him, in Jesus, amen, to the glory of God. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and Amen. God has fulfilled all the promises, all the promises in Jesus. Are you tracking with me? He's fulfilled all the promises that he had ever given and they're fulfilled in Jesus. So when we have Jesus, we have everything we need. And that's not just a ticket to go to heaven. That is everything you need to live in this life victoriously, powerfully, to live in this life in a way that God gets glory. And we can all say, he said, Yes and amen. So be it. But I want you to notice the last part of this, that that number one. Not only are there always a promise for your problem, but a seed for your need. See, we're trained in religion to, to be constantly conscious of sin. Now, We need to trade off being conscious of sin for being conscious of the Son. You with me? Conscious of sin is us getting up, worrying about sin, worrying about did I sin, worrying about what I sinned yesterday, what did I do yesterday, thinking about I hope I don't today, and I hope I don't deal with this today, and man, I think I messed up, and and our mind is always consumed with sin when it ought to be consumed with Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. But along with that is being conscious of seed. Because God always has a seed already for your need. It's already there. Before you ever come up against a situation, the seed is already there. Problem is do do we sow it? Do we sow the seed? <clears throat> or do we I don't know, maybe go out to eat on the seed. Or go to Starbucks on the seed. Or okay, I know th- those are always tough. We'll just go on. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter nine verses ten and eleven. <clears throat> now he who supplies the seed to the sower, hey, who is he who supplies the seed to the sower? Who is he who supplies the seed to the sower? It's God. If you go back and you study these passages, he who supplies the seed to the sower is God. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us the generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What did he say? God provides seed to the sower. Are you a sower? If you're not, you need to become a sower because God's going to provide seed. This lady had a little bit of oil. And if you think about it, she's going to go out and she's getting a whole bunch of jars. A bunch of jars. What good is a whole bunch of jars if all you have is a little teeny bit of oil? Yet in the hand of God, that little teeny bit of oil turns in to more than enough. The seed that he's put in your life, whatever it is, the need that you have, he's given you a seed, and that seed is for more than enough. But if you don't plant that seed, one day you're going to be sitting back complaining, God, you said that you provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory, but I don't see how it's happening in my life because I ain't getting anything. Here I am, I'm sitting here, we got nothing, I can't even hardly feed my kids, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you said, I guess you you don't really come through and do what you say you would do. And so, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You, you tracking with me? And and in reality, in, and I, 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 I'm gonna go to Philippians just for a minute. I did this in the first service. I don't know if y'all ended up putting it in there or not, because I, you know, because I didn't plan to go there. Did y'all end up putting it in after the first service? No, that's fine. Whoa. The angels. <laughs> you remember the story, um you, you remember the verse that we, we quote often in that verse is uh Philippians four nineteen, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Right? And so we quote that as in God is going to meet our needs. But what we don't do is go back and look that the needs that are being met are, be- are coming from seed that was sown. See, the kingdom of God operates on a seed, time, and harvest. The kingdom of God, the spirit world, still operates. I love the fact that Jesus uses sowing and reaping. Even with this, the word of God in Mark chapter four, he uses sowing seed as an example of the kingdom because the kingdom operates in that way, he gives us the seed. He gives us the seed. He's not asking you to come up with it. He gives us the seed. Everything we need is in Jesus, but sometimes it's got to be sown. And so here's the situation. The, the, the Philippians have given a, an offering to the apostle Paul. And in the offering, he's thanking them for it. You know, I could have I made it without it because I've learned to do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I've learned to live with plenty, and I've learned to live with none. I've been there. I've learned to live with that. It's not that I had to have that. But thank you for, for your gift. And then I love this verse 17. Listen to me. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Now I want you to listen to what Paul just said. Paul said, we're, we're, we're talking about a little bit of oil here, right? Hello? Paul said, how many of you ever look at when we take up an offering here as in, as in us giving you an opportunity to increase your financial condition?" No, we always look at it as we're blessing the church. No, the church is blessing you by giving you an opportunity to give. Now, I know, see, see, it's going to take some of y'all gonna go home and you're gonna think about that. Four of you gonna quit the church. (laughs) But for those of you that will think it all the way through, what did Paul say? He said, I listen, I I can make it, I can make it without it. I've learned. I've learned I can do all things in Christ. What I want you to know is it's not that I desire your gifts, but I'm going to accept, I'm going to receive your gift because you need to give. Because it's a seed, and when you sow a seed, a harvest is coming back to you. See, when I hear people say, I can't afford to give, and this don't have anything with giving, but I I want to help you. I want to help some of you so bad. But, But listen to me. If you say, I can't afford to give, then you don't get it yet. But all I've got is, I've got $20 in the bank. Do you have a penny? Do you have a penny? No, I don't even have a penny. Then I promise you, if you don't have a penny, if you look around on the ground somewhere between outside and here next Sunday, God's going to let you find a penny out there. Because he's going to supply a seed. And if you understand that it's a seed, you will sow that seed. You'll come in here next week and you're going to say, devil, you've been trying to hold me down, but God gave me a penny. And that penny is going to the offering plate because I'm going to sow it into the work of the kingdom of God. And God's going to bless me. Man, it's good preaching, bud. I'm telling you, it's good stuff right there. He always gives the seed. You've got this. What what do you need? The seed's there. But I just don't feel loved. I mean, I just feel so empty. I don't feel loved. You've got a seed. Love somebody. Just love somebody. Plant some seeds. Love somebody. It'll come back to you. Does this make sense at all? Plant the seed. I don't have any friends. Plant some friend seeds. Some of you, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. You're not friendly, you're not approachable, you don't have a good resting face. I just heard of that the other day. I didn't even know there was. I just heard, I, I, we were talking about, somebody told me about resting faces. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool, resting face. Never heard of that before. And then I said, well, well, do I have a, what was what my resting face? And this person said, you have an approachable resting face. And they didn't say that because I'm the pastor and we didn't win the cornhole per- tournament because I'm the pastor. Some people saying it was rigged. It was not. But nobody can find anyone alive that ever defeated the king. I th- that was a storybook that I read. That has nothing to do with it. Number two, put action to your faith even when you don't understand. Put action to your faith even when you don't understand. Faith does. It's, it's, it's talk if it doesn't do. See, we can talk about how much we believe the Lord, and we can talk about how much we trust, and we can talk about faith, but faith actually has an accompanying action. It has it has an action that's attached to it. And that's how you know when it's faith. I can say I believe God, but do I re- do I put action to what I say I believe? That's when I know there's faith. Right? James said be a doer, not just a hearer, but a doer. Do put put the, you know it's real faith when there's something that goes along with it. And this lady when he said, when, when Elisha said, go, get a bunch of jars, get your boys, lock yourself up in the house, I would have been saying, what the heck are you talking about? That don't sound right to me. I need money, I'm about to lose my sons, and all you're telling me to do is go get a bunch of empty jars and go lock myself up in the house. The creditors come, we start throwing jars. Is that what this is all about? I can, we can only hold him off so long. People will, people will, people will talk you out of your faith. I think about, and, and we'll get to the significance of getting a bunch of jars in in, in a minute. But I think of the significance of this, of. She didn't ask. She didn't have to understand. See, if you have to understand what God's telling you, if you have to be able to see it from beginning to end, it's never going to happen. A lot of times, faith is one step at a time. He tells us to take it, we take it, and then we see why we took it. And then he tells us to take another one, and we take it, and then we see why we took it. Sometimes you take it and you still don't see why you took it until somewhere way down the road. Am I right about that? Faith. Faith says, I'm going to step. I know getting jars makes no sense. None of this makes sense to me. I would rather you take up an offering for me, Mr. Mr. Elisha. But since you're not, I'm just going to do what you say. I'm going to do it. So she just stepped out. Didn't understand it, but she did it. And some of you need to understand everything before you're willing to do anything. But if you apply that same principle in your natural life, how many of you understand everything about how an iPhone is put together? And everything, everything that it can do, nobody understands that. And yet, how many of you have one? nobody this must be good <laughs> you don't have to understand it to obey it are you listening to me you don't have to understand it took me a long time to get my kids to understand that i don't have to make you understand it you just do what daddy says do you'll understand down the road But why do I have to clean my room? I don't want to have to clean my room. Why do I? You ain't going to understand that yet. But down the road somewhere, when somebody is looking to hire somebody for a job, and they're looking between two or three people, and there are two people over here that never clean their room, and everything's a mess in their world, but they look at you, and they see that you can put something together, and you can keep it together. That very thing that, Daddy, made you clean your room, made you make your bed, that may be what makes you a mess millionaire someday does this make sense (laughs) it just starts with cleaning your room now don't talk to my kids after this is over because they could say clean room what we never cleaned room Some things preach better than they actually live out. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Put action. If everybody that I counseled with over the years actually put action to some of the things I said, it it could cut it way short. Because see, Here's kind of how, we train our, how we've trained our brain. We seek out information from everybody we can, but we do nothing with any of the information we get. We're just, we're just heads full of information without life change. You can go to counseling for five years and come out and be no better off than you were. You just got a lot more information in your head. But unless you do... See, hearing Elisha say, go get the jars, go lock yourself up in a room, hearing all that, she could have said, I want another word from another preacher because I ain't so sure about that one. Or just hearing it and then going away and, and doing something else or getting her family and running away, it would have never changed anything. Am I right about that? See, there, if, if, you're having, if you're having marriage problems, Oh, boy, this is, how do we do this? If you're having marriage problems, I can give you a miracle seed. But how many of you know that a miracle, or that a seed takes time to come up? Am I right? Couples come in to talk to me. We're having marriage problems and they want it fixed by next week. Something they've taken months, if not years, to break down. And they want a word from me that's going to fix it in a day. I've got a word for you that'll fix it in a day. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, if we had a cricket sound, if we had a... If we had a cricket sound effect right there, it would have been the place for it. And, and you, but you say, but, but I know, I mean, uh, but, uh, but no, I need real help. That is real help. We've been trained to think that we have to go hear a bunch of stuff. But let me tell you something. If you just trust the Holy Spirit to do some work, and you give it time, you give it time, you got to give it time. Give me five more minutes, man, before you come out. Give me just a little bit of time. If you plant the seed and you start to love, here's what happens to it. And this man, I don't know how I got here. But some of you, 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 you will, some of you will start to do it, and when you don't get what you want within a week or two weeks, then you think, oh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of trying. Did Jesus ever give up on you? Did he ever stop loving you in your mess? Did he ever get impatient with you when you were not doing the things that that he wanted you to do and asked you to do? No, you can only quit when Jesus quits. (laughs) Ladies, I'm going to set a bucket out there. You just drop the offering. Make the checks out to Bud Beverly, because uh, that one I'm going to charge you for. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Increase your capacity to walk in what you have. Increase your capacity to walk in what you have. She had a little bit of oil. But Elisha says, increase your capacity. You tracking with me? Y'all can come out. Elisha says, I got, God, God has a whole lot for you, but I needs you to increase your capacity. It needs you to increase your capacity. You, you with me? That means don't just get a couple jars Don't just get a few. Is is that not what he said? Get a bunch of them. Because every jar you get that you bring in here empty, I'm going to fill it. Every jar you get and bring in here empty, I'm going to fill it. But I can't fill a jar that you've got full of something else. I can't fill a jar that you've got. I can't fill your jar with peace when it's already full of anxiety. I can't fill your jar with joy when it is already full of sadness. Are you tracking with me? I can't fill it until you come to me with some empty stuff. I can't fill your jar with love until you bring me one empty that you have gotten rid of some things that you're carrying around. You make capacity. He said, I'll fill it you with me make me some some capacity clear out some things and make some room for the holy spirit to come the oil of the oil atop of the holy spirit the oil came in every single jar that was put before the lord from this lady as she poured every single jar that was put there Every time, it just never would run out. She just turned that little teeny jar of oil up and it just kept filling up jar after jar after jar after jar. The Holy Spirit is already in your life and all these jars are already there. He's just waiting for you to empty some of them out and put them before him and say, God, I'm ready for you to fill me. I'm ready for you to fill me. I'm making room for you. I'm creating capacity for you. Do you know how you create capacity? Because you already got jars. You already got them. You already got a love jar. You already got a peace jar. You already got a joy jar. You've already got promise jars, provision. They're already there. Sometimes they have to be emptied out. Do you know how we empty jars? It's a little word called repentance. And, and, and this word repentance has really been abused over time. It doesn't mean that you come and that you lay at an altar and you scream and you cry and you and Oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I'm so sorry, Lord. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Oh, God, forgive me. I wished I'd never done it. I'll never do it again. Lord, if you'll just fix me and save me, I'll go anywhere. I'll, I'll go to Africa to be a missionary. God, just... <laughs> You know what repentance is? It's a change of mind. Change your mind. I've not been treating her gentle. Lord, I repent for that. I'm going to begin to treat her gently. I've not been loving her the way I should. I'm turning around. I'm going to start loving her the way I should. I've not been patient the way I should. I'm going to repent. I'm turning around and I'm going to be patient. You see how simple that is? there's a jar that if you will get this one if you will get this one emptied and let him fill it it's going to open up so many jars you can't even imagine some of you can't get to all these other jars because you can't get past this one because it's full of unforgiveness it's full of anger it's full of hatred and it's full of bitterness And if you can get that one jar empty, you're going to be shocked at how the Lord fills this one. And when he does, it opens up a flow that will fill every jar behind it. This one jar is stopping you up. This one place that you haven't created capacity is stopping you up. It's holding you back. I know people hurt us. I know that. Husbands hurt us, wives hurt us, children hurt us, coworkers hurt us, family members hurt us, moms and dads hurt us, I know. And sometimes we hurt ourselves. We do things to mess up our own lives and then we get mad at ourselves and we won't turn ourselves loose. And sometimes the only thing that keeps us going is the fact that what that person did to me or to my son or to my daughter. What that person did, the only power I have is to continue to hold on to to unforgiveness. But the greatest power that you will ever release in your life is to turn that loose, is to release it, is to let it go. It's eating you alive. It's destroying you. And God is saying, you create capacity there create some capacity for me and i'm going to fill that place up in your life i know you think you have to have that i know you think you can't live without that anger you can't live without that bitterness you know you feel like if you turn it loose that you're letting them go free on what they've done for you but that's not true the only thing your unforgiveness and your anger and your bitterness is doing is keeping you in prison it's keeping you in prison and today if you will come to him and if you will turn that if you will say God I am creating vacancy in this this part of my life I am going to let you occupy can you imagine the inn in the town where Jesus was born not in the inn he was born in a stable because why? because there was no vacancy in the inn can you imagine What kind of a marketing thing that would have been years... I mean, that place would still be going today had they just created vacancy in that one moment. Because vacancy in that one moment would have been saying for for many years and years and thousands of years to come, this is the end where the Messiah was born. Are you tracking with me? They didn't have any vacancy. See, until you create vacancy and let Jesus in until you create vacancy and let go of that. It's going to keep you from living with all the things that you already have. So let's let it go. It's hard. I know some of you are feeling sick to your stomach right now. You're feeling nauseated because you know you need to, but there's something trying to get you to hang on to it. I will tell you what that is. It's the devil. You turn that thing loose. You create a space for Jesus to fill. And he's going to do some special things in your life. Father, right now, we praise you. I'm going to ask you to take that thing, put it before the Lord to repent. Right this second, take that thing, put it before the Lord. God, we put these, this unforgiveness, we put a hatred, we put bitterness, we put racism. We put all of these things before you. We let it all go. We receive everything that you have for us. Right now. We let the pain go. We let the hurt go. We let what people have done to us go. We let it go. Are you letting it go, gang? Are you letting it go? Are you turning it loose? Are you letting Jesus fill that empty place? The Holy Spirit fill you in that empty spot. He'll fill you to the top. And now you watch. You're going to start to see other jars filling up that you didn't even know were there. Glory to God. Lord, we praise you. We pray, Stand with me. We gotta sing. We gotta get out of here. Let's sing. Right now, you just turned it loose. You emptied your jar. How many of you emptied a jar? Anybody empty a jar? You, you, you emptied a jar now. Let's fill it up. Let's fill it up with some praise right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.